Welcome back to your favorite podcast, De-Influenced Babe. Cheers. You just left me hanging <laughs> I there. I went blank. I blacked out. <laughs> you blacked out. Oh my gosh. Should we do it again? Okay, ready, no, set. No, no. And then welcome back to your favorite podcast, De-Influenced. De I, um, I had to say, this was a hard podcast for me to sit down and film with you. Yeah, I mean, the hardest podcast, the, what they don't teach you about the podcast game is you really need to do it first thing in the morning, preferably mm. before you look at your phone. Mm. This was one of those episodes where just something really bad happened right before we were supposed to no. get okay, on something this. Something really bad happened like in our work world, but something bad happened in our marriage too. Oh, I don't know what you're referring to with that. I mean, my anger levels, like you can't tell, but like they're skyrocketing. I go into my closet to pull out an outfit our closet. because I know I always do that. I'm so sorry, babe. It's our closet. Well, it's your and subconscious saying that this is actually all my space. <laughs> and that's kind of actually part of the problem, but yeah, continue your story. It's true. I go into my closet cause I'm actually getting ready to do a giveaway. And I wanted to show an example of like the bar sweatshirt that I want to give away. And then I'll just order someone in their size. All my bar sweatshirts are gone. Yeah, that was me. Jordan got rid of all my bar sweatshirts. Bridget, Listen. it wasn't me. He here's the thing: we did have like twenty of them. We because, had so many because we had an obsession with the bar sweatshirts. Like kind of before we popped off, they popped off. Not like everyone has them, but like we have some of the most iconic ones from like day one. Mm -hmm. And I think Jordan just got overwhelmed with them in his closet, and he gave a bunch of them to our like to our team and to our friends and stuff. And I can't be like that girl. It's like, oh hey, can I actually have the bar that sweatshirt back? But I'm so upset. I'm livid inside. I want to be clear that I did not sell them. I did not put them on Poshmark. I disseminated <laughs> them to better homes than our closet. But why so, would you do that without asking me? Like what? I would never ever take something of yours and sell it. You know, you did this last week with Stanley too. You gave away my favorite matte blue Stanley. That is my favorite. I No, I'm obsessed with this navy blue matte Stanley. Like it is actually outside of my Divi green one. It is my favorite one. We, and Landon took it because you said he could have it. Listen, that's not even what, that wasn't even the bad thing that happened. I mean, we can't talk about the bad thing that happened just yet. We'll probably be able to tell the story on our deathbeds one day, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy. We were in such a good mood. We were coming out of a, a big W from the Texas Longhorns this weekend. And then we come in and it's just like, I literally thought this morning when I woke up and I was like, you know, life is good. Yeah, I felt that too. I was like, life is was so like, good. We're, we're on a life. good trajectory. Like we've got this, like we got support, we got rhythm, we got good people running Divi, yep. we got all this stuff. And now it's just like, it literally just all blew up. But, but hey, that's like, that's just such the story of breath. being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it is. And here's the thing, you know, my mom always used to say, hmm. Tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> you know, my brother got engaged in Nashville this past weekend and it was such a wonderful trip. I actually got the phone call when I was at Bridget's wedding in New York and I was getting ready for the wedding and Landon calls me and says, hey, this is the one and I wanna marry her. And I actually recorded the, the whole conversation because I was so shook. I think at this time I had not even met her. Maybe I'd met her once. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was just so confident. I've never seen, seen him be more confident about anything. And it's no. like, he said, okay, I want to get the ring. This is the picture of the, the ring that she likes. Cause she had them all over her Pinterest. I helped him find the ring. But the thing was, he told me you can't tell anyone. So I knew for like months mm -hmm. and I didn't even tell my parents. Did you have fun in Nashville for the engagement? I had a lot of fun in Nashville. I had a running joke with Landon. Um, you know, he'd, have girlfriends in the past. And one time, yeah. like girl on our team, Nikki met one of his girlfriends like, oh my gosh, I love her. And I go, she won't make it to Thanksgiving. <laughs> it was like True. my ongoing thing is like, based on his girlfriends who would make it to He's, Thanksgiving and not. And yeah. I have never seen him like this in my entire life. Ever, ever, ever. y'all. I, I, I didn't, he was just so picky that I felt like he would never find someone. No one would ever be like the one, no one would be perfect yep. enough. And as a sister or just a female in general, it was very frustrating. Cause I was like, what are you looking for? Like you are looking for something that doesn't exist. And 
I was wrong because she does exist. Her name's Olivia and he is madly in love. And I've never seen him stand up for his relationship so much. Um, just like he he's he's usually a man of few words. Yeah. And he made it like a point to tell me multiple times how much he loves her and how amazing of a person she is and how kind she is and how supportive she is of, of our family and and like loves me loves us wants to be close with us yeah and she's just y'all i just can't wait for y'all to get to know her better like i'm not just saying this like i genuinely like adore her i love her and i'm so happy that she's gonna be my sister yeah you can <laughs> no i'm not crying okay. i just love her okay let's talk about nashville because while we were in nashville i feel like you got that um the zest for life to move to Nashville again. There is, you know, when you picture your future and you picture these dreams and you can almost like visualize them. Mm -hmm. I have this one vision that I think of when I think of my future and it is all my, all of my children playing with their cousins and their family mm -hmm. in the backyard while I'm, I'm not cooking, but I'm probably posting Instagram stories or something. And I just, I want so badly like a big, big family. I've yeah. always wanted that. And so when I'm in Nashville and I'm around Landon and Olivia and I've always desired to be closer to my brother, you know, but you know, unfortunately we don't really have like a ton of similar interests. We live in different cities. So it's like already such an effort. He was in such a different stage of life. I have two babies, he was single. So I feel like when He's with Olivia. Like, I feel so close to him. And then the fact that they were talking about babies, I'm like, oh, we got to move here. We got to have cousins yeah. and babies and everybody playing together. And I and I love that Nashville is so much, you can like get so much more land. I feel like I can breathe a little bit. Same. And um, in Dallas, like, I just don't get those vibes. But of course, my family's here. My friends are here. So I always, like, when I'm in Nashville, I kind of dream about it. But then I also am like, okay, that would be really hard. Yeah, we're you and I were talking about this and I can't figure out if when we go to a new city like Nashville, if it's like the land and the open spaces, the different pace. Well, you and know, of we the wouldn't city. but we wouldn't be considering if Lena didn't live there either. You know what I mean? So it's also family. Right. No, but what I'm saying is like I can't figure out if what we want is to move to a different city or if we have just conditioned ourselves so poorly in the city of yeah. Dallas and like this home in particular. Danny and I were talking about it and you know as we've had kids, it's really important to kind of like protect your home. Like the, the home should be a place of like rest. peace and security and rest for the family. And I don't think we really realize like working from home or working out of your home, how, especially how we did it, you know, with our team showing up, how destructive it was just to the overall conditioning yeah. of our lives here. And so I think what we're trying to figure out is like, can we move to a new house in Dallas and almost like start from yeah. scratch or do we have to move to a new city to get that oh my gosh we can breathe oh my gosh it's not well, all about work a big part of that too is i i think you're so right i think we've conditioned ourselves like the same place that i do my bible study is where i film my brand deals which is where i also eat breakfast like it's like yeah everything is so like on top of each other and, and right. so that would be like my ideal situation to have a house in my backyard kind of like a mother-in-law suite or something where you can go and it's still at your home but it's separate and so that way like i can get dressed up and go to the office yeah. and i think just what's so hard is like everything is being done in one space but my point is that's really hard to find in dallas so i think when we go to nashville and we see these like big plots of land where you can get two acres or whatever it is yes you can get that in texas but we would have to probably go maybe an hour and a half away from where we live now like and it's like, dude, if you're going to go an hour and a half away, might as well go to Nashville. Like, it's so yeah. beautiful there. You know what I mean? It is so funny because when we were first debating, like we were moving from our old townhouse because yeah. it was like young people lived there. You know, you typically don't raise kids in a three-story townhouse. So when we were moving from there, I remember, do you remember we had that big debate? Like, should we move to the suburbs? Should we stay in the city? And I remember a bunch of your people telling you like, uh, you know, you're going to stay in the city, but just give it five years and you'll be out with us like in the burbs. Yeah. And we were driving through South Lake and you were like, it is beautiful, beautiful. out here. <laughs> you were like the wide open spaces. And I do feel like it's kind of like what we're desiring is a very, uh, it's very 
just the chapter of life we're moving into where it's like, okay, we worked really hard in our late twenties. Like we've built something that can sustain, you know, with and without us. And so like now we just want to soak up every moment with our kids and like something about Dallas culturally too. I don't know if it allows for it. I might be being cynical, but like so much of Dallas feels like a hustle. Well, it's really, really expensive in like Dallas, Dallas. So you almost like have to keep working hard and building companies and doing that to even like stay here. And so it's like this, what is- Dallas houses like in Dallas are like California prices. It's like they get less expensive when you go on the outskirts. And then by that point is what I'm saying is you might as well just go to Nashville and be like close to our you know, my brother. in Olivia. And so, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where we end up. Um, then we went to, so it was funny because we, um, we had tickets to the, the big 12 championship. And so we went to Landon's like engagement party. And then we like literally flew out that night, got home at two Two o'clock in the morning, big 12. Look, Jersey, if you're watching yeah. video, still wearing my Earl Campbell jersey. You said you were going to wear your Manning jersey. I know. You know, I got caught up in all the bad news this morning, so I, I got know, a little busy. Right? But um, yeah, we went with our friends. We got a party bus. It was crazy. Which, by the way, growth hack for adults. Okay, like if you have a job, doesn't matter how much you make. When you have a group of 10 people, get a party bus. <laughs> get a limo. They're actually like more cost efficient than you would actually think you that they are. You don't have to pay are. for parking. You don't have to pay for parking. It's it like I think it 10x is your experience. We did a party bus or a sprinter van in Vail uh-huh. and it was like if if we didn't have that bus together, it wouldn't have been the same trip. Yeah. Going to this game, if we didn't have the bus, wouldn't have been the same trip. Yeah. And the people that we went with were so much fun. Yeah. Um, we went with like four or five other couples and we actually worked with the big 12, um, the big 12. Yeah. They invited us out and we, so we got to go on the field. We saw Arch Manning. We saw the Undertaker, Undertaker. which I didn't know who that was, but. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of, I assumed that your people would not know who they were, but, uh, I think it was Jenny was telling me like, you have a lot of wrestling fans, like really? female wrestling fans really? in your audience. I love that about us ladies. I know. That's so cool. It's so crazy. They were like, like freaking out. And then there were other people that Jenny was saying that like, uh, they, you know, you were like, show your husband's this. And then she was like, she said there were people who DM'd and were like, uh, I regret showing this to my husband because now I've been watching Undertaker videos for the past <laughs> three minutes. But yeah, that was like pretty uh, interesting. Yeah. That was a curveball for me, but kind of made the moment. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Went out on the field. Um, and then after that, Jordan stayed out and watched like 15 other football games and I went to bed. I was yeah. exhausted. Speaking of sports, we are moving on to our segment, our second segment, things that make you go, hmm. Starting off with Mark Cuban. Our favorite man in Dallas. Talking about how he sold the Mavericks. Did you know that that Mark Cuban sold the Mavericks? Oh. I, I'm a, I'm confused. He's obsessed with the Mavericks. He well, loves the Mavericks. So the kicker here is that yes, he did sell it. So he sold it to a casino mogul, like in a Las big Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, he owns the Sands, I think. And um, but he maintained all operational control. So like his day to day is not really any different. He just sold a huge stake of it, but he bought it he bought in at like 250 million. It's now worth like 3.5 billion. So he probably just wanted to like, <laughs> it's so crazy. It's insane, but he is going to still be, I think like courtside, he will be the face. He'll be really involved, but uh, there's a lot of like conspiracy around this. Have you heard of this? No. So some people think he's like running for president, which I don't, huh. I don't believe that. Another Donald Trump move. Yeah. celebrity. Like, I think the next era of America, which like I kind of sad to say this is like, like actors becoming politicians or billionaires becoming politicians. Like I feel like Donald Isn't that Trump how it's like kind of always been. Um, I mean Reagan was an actor, yeah. but no, I feel like a lot of it has been like the political class of like you go, you 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 study political science, you go to D.C., you do your internships, you rise in the rank, you clerk for a judge, like you do all of those things, and then there's like a traditional path to being a politician, but what a lot of people are now doing is the game has changed so much that if you're not a showman, like yeah. how do you get elected? Well, and also a lot of maybe a factor is um, if you 
kind of built your career in that way where you study political science or whatever you want it so bad that I feel like sometimes you just get swayed in like in like one direction or the one other. direction or the other because you're like I'm just trying to get there I'll do whatever it takes to get there and that's right. why a lot of times po politicians are not the best people yeah you know but sometimes maybe like people like billionaires or they like people that are like kind of already set up in that way because yep. they just stand for what they believe in. Not that everybody has to agree with them, but they're, they're the only ones willing to go against the grain because like, what do they have to lose? Like they're not yep. in it for money, fame or celebrity. They already have that. So now they're like maybe more on like a genuine mission. Yep. If that makes sense. Point is, I don't think that Mark Cuban is running for president. I think that there's a mold and a model, like a Starbucks guy, Howard Schultz. Mm -hmm. He ran for president, totally bombed. Right. Michael Bloomberg ran for president, had a really cool campaign. Like he did the memes. Do you yeah, remember that? I do. Like he hired all of the, the best meme sites, got really in and then bombed. Right. Yeah. So I think The Rock like is probably going to make a political Kanye. He, he said he said on Joe Rogan he was like I saw a clip of it he goes I have been asked by by both political parties to run for office the rock for both yeah interesting it's like it that's what makes me so mad when like America gets outraged like by sides it's yeah. like you guys think that we have sides and like really we're just all being manipulated to be mad at each other to pick a side yeah. and to be mad at the other side yeah and they know exactly how to pick on you right there's no real conviction it. in like politicians well and you see that because you there's a lot of statements that one president has said in the past or like things that he voted for or believed in and then like 10 years later he's totally against it or five years later you like yeah. they just kind of sway yeah so but okay second conspiracy with mark cuban is that he did you know he owns a small town in texas called Mustang, Texas, Mustang, Texas, which I don't know the conspiracy with this one. I guess people think he's like <laughs> going to go be mayor of his two small town. Do people live in, in Mustang, Texas? I don't know. I, I mean, love the name of it. Yeah. And then uh, I think there's like one other, the, oh, the other third that it's just probably the most viable is that there's a lot of talk that gambling is going to become legal in Texas. Oh. And so that's why he partnered with the owner of the Sands to basically build um, the new Mavs arena within like a huge casino environment. In Mustang, Texas. No, it's gotta be in a major city. No, but then it would bring so much money to his little small town. Babe, there's no way. Wait, why not though? That would be, that's Epic. like honestly the best. And the best theory. That's the best theory so far. That would be so cool. And then Mustang, Texas would be, it would become like the new Waco. Let's see you know, how far it is What Chip and jo Joanna did, Mark, can, Mark Cuban can do too. Okay, it's an hour away from Dallas. That's super <laughs> dude, interesting. Dude, theory. I'm telling you, this is exactly what he's going to do. Okay, okay, you might be right. How do they get gambling to be legal in Texas? You know, I love a good gamble. Yeah, but do you want it in your state? I don't know. What, I don't what, know. What, I don't know. What does it bring? I mean, it brings a lot of tourists, like, so it'll like drive- To Mustang, Texas? No, well, let's say it's in Dallas, just for the sake of conversation. It would bring a lot of new people here. It huh. would raise the value of our city because people would want to come to Dallas. Um, so is that a good It brings a lot of like thing? revenue for the state, I think. But yeah. yeah, you're just like, I mean, it's like, do you want to legalize weed? It's like, are you inviting degeneracy <laughs> into our state, our wholesome state of Texas? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know. it's interesting to think about, like I, I talked about like weed being legal in Colorado and I couldn't get my Chipotle order right because they were just, just they were just blasted. They were high out of their minds. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, I'm upset to hear that he's going to be leading Shark Tank. That's a huge bummer, but. You big Shark Tank girl. <laughs> you know I am. How many episodes do you watch? I used to watch that stuff all the time. I, know. I used to envision myself. I think I've like stood in front of the mirror. I'd been like, <laughs> like given myself mock questions, especially when it came to Divi. Have you read the stats on that show? Like how many companies like actually succeed after going on Shark Tank? Oh, I'm sure it's, it's, not, not, it's great. not great. Yeah. Makes Unless sense. they go with that one, the QVC lady. Oh, that's her, who I would her, go with. Her products pop off. Yeah. But she has a totally built-in marketing channel. So she's just like, yeah, this is going to do well most, on she's, QVC. She's the most valuable. Yeah, like Mark, you know, he has the Mavericks and she has the most assets to offer someone, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, despite what it is, whatever he's doing it's these definitely days. definitely making us go. It's making us go. Hmm. <laughs> Another thing that makes us go, hmm, 
this is a conversation that we actually had in Nashville. We stayed up till about 2 a.m. talking about this with Landon and Olivia and everyone was authenticity becoming a brand for influencers or yeah. people online. Or just like the new bar. I loved this conversation. Was, I love talking about this. Like it, we were talking about just the different eras of Instagram. Yeah. And how like 2017 was like, the perfect hair, perfect aesthetic, those car pics with your Starbucks cup. No and then behind it was the like, scenes. No behind the scenes whatsoever. And then Instagram stories come out and it's like, okay, we, we're moving on from YouTube to Instagram stories. We're going to treat this like a vlog, like a reality TV show. And then I think you personally during our engagement during Lola, like kind of started dabbling in like, I don't feel happy. So like, I'm going to even post when I'm sad, you yeah. know? And like, like I, could be true. You might have been the first person to cry on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, there's a bubble like in our industry, and I would say like in that bubble, yes, probably not. Probably the first ever influencer. Okay, ever, you were the first fashion like, blogger to cry. Mommy on the internet. blogger, but not. I wasn't even a mommy at the time. But yes, yes. Um, I think that at that point, that was more so uh, something I learned through being on YouTube was. YouTubers were so much more authentic and real and they showed like so much the transition of being like happy to sad or what was really going on. And so I was very much inspired by like the YouTube community. And I think that it just gave me a lot more longevity in posting because I was so tired of pretending like I had perfect hair and perfect makeup and perfect outfit all day long and happy all the time. I was like, I'm freaking exhausted. This is so like, not fulfilling and I want to be able to show like the hard parts of my life too. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I feel like that was more like 2017 to 2020. And then I feel like in 2020, it became like a strategy that yeah. people started using to, to be authentic and to get views and to, um, you know, have this viral content. And ever since then, it's been kind of like a confusion for, it's confusing for me. Like, what is real and what's not anymore. Yeah, there's like this like kind of messy core type of content where it's like the more messy you are, the more relatable you are, the more chaotic you are, the more relatable you are, you know? And, and so it's like, as relatability and authenticity became a strategy, it, it kind of, it created this confusion where it's like now people are sort of going against that. So it kind of, the pendulum went all the way that way. Now I feel like we're at the early stages of like the pendulum being like, that's cringe yeah. that you're crying on camera. That's cringe that you're like showing this moment that should be like very special to you and your kids. Like that's cringe that you are, um, you know, th that you're how, like you're showing this house being so messy because you know, it's a strategy type of thing. Yeah. And so it creates a lot of confusion because as creators, like on one side, it was like, we were getting like, you don't show enough, right? And so then we opened up everything and now it's like almost swing back where it's like the demand is to better curate the moments that should be shared and shouldn't be shared. Yeah. And I think it started like end of last year, this year. I yeah. feel like that's when that trend started, you know? Um, You know, as creators, I feel like we can see right through it. I don't think that everyone can, but I think something that like I've always done is you know, I don't edit my Instagram stories. We just film it one time, you slap it up. Like there isn't a lot of thought put behind Instagram stories. And I feel like that helps keep it pretty strategic unless it's something that like we're filming for a brand or a reel or something like that, that it is more thought out. But even, even those brand deals, I feel like have gotten to the point where like, I just, I tell the brand, I'm like, listen, I'm going to post today. Like I'm going to do it on my own time and figure it out and like, just trust me to get it up and to yeah. get the point across with the messaging that, that you want or the sale that you want. And um, so I think that just kind of like throwing it up there, slapping it up. But I think what happens then is then sometimes because it's so like in the moment, you don't think about like the big picture all the time. And so then people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just went from happy to sad that fast. And I'm like, no, those were, there was three hours in between that, yeah. but I'm just slapping things up as, as I go. I'm not really overthinking it. Right but I'm still going to stick with that strategy of just not overthinking it. Um, because when I do start to do that, I think that's whenever it just seems it's, it becomes like more calculated for me and that takes the fun out of it. Like, you know me, like I'm like my favorite days on stories is when I'm just having fun with my family. Like yeah. I tell you that all the time. Like I don't want to have an agenda. I just want to have a good time. <laughs> right. 
do you think that authenticity as a strategy has is on its way out because people are like catching on to it? Um, it's so I, I hope that people like are smart enough to see through it. I think, um, cause it definitely does like bother me sometimes when I see that. But I think for me, what I've started to do is like, I, if I don't feel like posting, um, and I don't really have anything to say, I just have been not posting. So like, I'll just take three days off or something. And I think that's okay. I think that showing people that you don't have to be filming through like the really hard times all the time is okay. There's moments where I do get on stories and maybe I am crying and I'm upset. And I think the reason I'm doing that is more so to up, update my people so that they're not worried about me. Um, because I feel like sometimes when I do go silent, people it almost causes more drama because people are like, where are you? Are you okay? And I don't want people to worry about me. So then I get on and then I'm like, okay, well, you want me, so I'm gonna give you what where I'm at right now. Yeah. And um, some people might think that's too much. Some people might be like, you should be, you shouldn't be. I, I'm kind of in a lose lose in those situations. You know, I'm gonna probably like annoy some people, and some people like it. You know, vice versa. So, um, so I, I don't know. I think this is just one of those conversations that you just have to do what's right for you and your what you feel like how you want to serve your audience or be there with your community. Yeah. I think that authenticity, like the new version of like authenticity is like, you also are going against cancel culture in a lot of ways, because I think that in order to be truly authentic, you cannot please everyone. Like, and yeah. it's like being okay with that. Whereas like, totally. we're coming out of an era where if you said something wrong in 2020, 2021, you would like, you wouldn't survive. Like you would, they, in, in that they would, time they would like send your address they would like dox you they would do all these crazy things like in that season because everyone was so polarized and so angry and so it's now i think weird for creators to get into a mindset of okay i have to be okay with a certain subset of my audience like not being okay with my faith or totally my you know like how i spend my money like or how we fly gonna... or how you know this and so you just honestly have to own it and i think that the creators that can kind of like get over that hump and just own it are going to be in that like authenticity yeah. camp. And the ones that aren't are just, and I hate this. It's so cynical, but they're just going to be classified as cringe. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that's the dichotomy. No, I, I like what you're saying. Either you're going to like me or you're not. Yeah. Like it's just, that's just the game. It's the name of the game. But I think we've had like that. This whole podcast has been about that learning that skill and like being confident in ourselves oh, because yeah. you know, it's like, okay, now we have a more nuanced long form you know, platform where we can talk about this stuff, but it hasn't been easy No, by any means. Like I, I mean, there's things that we talk about on this podcast that I was like, if this was 2021, I'd be like, babe, like no way. Are you yeah. kidding? And it's not because we're hiding anything or we're ashamed of anything. It was just the damage that came from just being honest about who you were Yeah, was so monumentally destructive to your family, to your mental health, to everything. And so it's weird that cancel culture is kind of dead. Don't you love that? I love it. I'm so excited about it. It's, it's, it takes a lot to be canceled now. And I think that's because, to be honest, I feel like we've all been canceled now. And so we all see through it because we're like, that's not what happened. Like yeah. even people that aren't doing this for a full-time gig are, are being canceled. So they see through it. They're like less cynical towards other people. I think it was easier to cancel people like five years ago when no one really knew like, that they were being manipulated in the first place. Yeah, they were being manipulated by like probably 10 people that yeah. were extremely loud and then like brought people on their side. It was just a crazy thing. So authenticity as a strategy also makes me go, hmm. hmm. Moving on. How do you feel about parents letting their kids drink underaged? You know, you always hear of parents that are like, well, if you're going to drink, you might as well do it underneath my roof instead of leaving the house and drinking somewhere else. What are your thoughts on that? What were your parents like growing up? Did they allow underage drinking? Um, were they strict? Were they the chill parents? Did they care at all? You go first. I have some like pretty charged thoughts on okay. this, but you go first. Did you drink? I guess let me ask you this. Did you drink before you were 21? Well, we all know I drink before I was 21. <laughs> I got an MIC. You're right. It's in the court records. It's in the court records. <laughs> no, I think I did enough community service to get it off, to expunge it off my record. Thank you very much. Um, but I actually got an MIC the first time I ever drank when I was like 17. Um, and I wasn't even drunk 
or anything like that. But I had like tried beer that night and I admitted it to the officer because I literally could not lie. Like I could not. I was so stupid. He like gave me like ways out and I didn't even take it because I was like, you were like, lock me up. No, like take me to jail. Take me to jail. And then I even it got to a point where I was. Um, I'd, I've told this story before, but I was like class president. I was captain of the, the cross country, you know, track, all these she things. Got impeached. Yeah, got impeached. And then um, one of the teachers at my school, because I don't know how the school finds out. I guess the police tell them. It was like the Richardson Police Department. Yeah. I guess told them, or maybe like some of the parents called up and like told them I got an MIC because it was over New Year's. And um, one of the teachers there that was like one of the sponsors basically gave me an out he was like danny i did not hear this from you know a legitimate source but i do have to approach you and ask you ask you about this because it was brought to my attention if you drink on new year's did you drink on new year's and like literally he's giving me the out like he's like winking at me like I could have said no, and I could have just been fine. And I think the other football players that I got in trouble with maybe did that too. I don't know. I just couldn't lie. So I told my teacher that I drank, which I should have just said no comment, you know, like like talk to my attorney, but I just could not lie. And so I told him, I was like, yes, sir, I, I did drink. And he's like, well, because you have admitted it to me, now I must be suspend you from the dance team or whatever I was, you know, like, it must have been so hard for you to walk into school with that shame i still it's a horrible feeling which most likely if i had to guess the shame was sitting on your shoulders yeah like nobody like no one cared like they weren't like boo like throwing cabbage at you i was so embarrassed and i remember thinking like everybody's mom is talking about it and everybody's talking about it and um yeah, it, I literally went into hiding. My parents grounded me for a month and I grounded myself for three months. I was so ashamed of myself. Were your parents, did your parents get flack from the community, you think? Um, not so much. I think that my dad was really disappointed in me. Like he, he told me that he was really disappointed in me and that kills me. Like mm-hmm. that kills me more than anything. My mom can be disappointed in me, but like she's a little bit more like um, emotional. So like it does it my dad doesn't say stuff like that unless he truly is. And like, I still remember him coming into my room the next day and telling me that. And oh my gosh, it killed me. Yeah. So I, um, a parent's disappointment is probably worse than like a spanking. Yeah. That's how my parents punished me too. And if my dad ever spanked me, it was like literally the softest thing ever. I'd be like, ow, it burns. And I'm like, and then like me and later like winking, like, yeah, you know, we're like pretending. The funny thing about your family is, uh, they hold truth to the highest esteem. It's like, it's like you could, you could rob a bank and they would be more disappointed that you lied. Yeah. Which is like such, I'm kidding, obviously, but like, like you do not lie in the Austin family. Like, it's like, that is like the one thing that you do not do. Or steal. Lie or steal. You do not lie or steal. Yeah. Um, so no, when it when it comes to the subject, and you know what, to be honest with you, my parents were probably pretty chill on this topic. Like I definitely could have drank with them and they would not have cared. I think that they um, would have trusted me. And they, they told me that multiple times. I think I just, I didn't really have an interest in doing that. Um, and to be honest, I didn't, I was so scared of getting in trouble that I never took them up on the offer. Um, the one time I did drink, I was like just being pressured by like a group of friends that I wanted to be a part of, to to be honest, that was the only thing that could ever like get me to do like bad things is if like the popular kids were like, let's do it. And I was like, okay. So, um, so that's when I did fall. But I think that the way that I would handle it with Stella, and I don't know because I'm not in that or in Stratton, obviously, but. I'm not in that like place just yet, but I do want to teach my kids to obey the laws. Yeah. I think that it's like really important to listen to your leaders and laws that are put in place um, and respect them. And I want to teach my kids to do that too. And because it's like, if you teach them that like one law is breakable, but the rest aren't, that's like kind of confusing. And I think Mm -hmm. that would be confusing for me. And so I would say to them, you have the rest of your life to drink. Like you can like, and I I hope that you don't go crazy in college and like go wild. I hope that you are able to like 
be smart about it and monitor it and like not and and that is what maybe those stages of life are for but right until you're 21 like the law says that you cannot drink so like i'm not going to allow it you know yeah i think i would just i don't know i i just am a rule follower when it comes to the law yeah i mean i never drank before i was 21 i could have so easily i don't even know if my parents would have been mad to be completely honest yeah. i just like kind of always did the right thing um because i was so scared of their disappointment like yeah. that's like the worst punishment um i so my take on this is probably pretty extreme like i think that i've just seen the destructiveness of alcohol like through extended family members and like all of these things that i'm just like man it is such a progressive disease that like why would you like even play with fire at such an early age. Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard because you almost like have to be extreme with it. You have to kind of like set that cultural boundary around uh, alcohol and then like have them know it's going to carry into adulthood because it's like I had a friend who was so, uh, his parents were so strict. And I mean, you hear the story all the time, just went crazy in college, right? So alcohol was like painted to him as such a, bad and evil thing that when he got to college he was like this is great you know and like so i think that there's like this weird middle ground between not painting it as evil and and acknowledging like hey this is something that exists in the world you're going to go to college and people are going to do this around you here's why mom and dad because like i mean i haven't drank in a year and a half and i don't know if i'll ever pick it back up if i'm being totally honest like i would want to explain to Stella and stratton like hey this is a thing that exists. You're going to be around it. And I want you to be able to grow up being around it, but not participating unless it's your choice. Right. Yeah. Um, but then also being like, Hey, here's why, here's the reason and the heart behind why I don't do it. Here's the destruction I've seen, yeah. et cetera. But yeah, I, you, you know, you and I talked about this a lot, like the, the wine culture for like moms, right. Or like right. at sports games, like you were telling me that story. What is that story? Yeah. There's just a big, culture around being a mother and drinking on social media and TikTok and reels. And it kind of just makes me feel like the only way that I'm going to be able to get through a lot of those harder things, like maybe it's like a full day of sports with the kids, or it's, you know, having your family over for the holidays. Like there's so much, uh, dependability on alcohol through those moments. And it makes me feel like, Oh, like, you know, when Stella and Stratton join sports, is that the only way I'm going to be happy to get through a day of, of, uh, games is by drinking, you know, it just makes yeah. me feel like that's like, it's, it's scary being a mom. It kind of is like discouraging sometimes when I see it and that I'm like, wait, I don't want to be that way. And, but I think that it's just so normal to just paint like motherhood. Motherhood goes hand in hand with a wine of glass. Yeah. You know? wine of glass, glass of wine, wine. why yeah, does yeah. it wine of glass glass of wine um and and yeah I, I just don't think that that it has to be that way yeah i do i do strongly believe that your the parent your you're influenced by your parents and how they treat alcohol is going to influence you yeah. and so if you grew up in a household where alcohol is like not extremely present like i do think that it's more likely that you will not be like wanting to have alcohol all the time either right Hmm. <laughs> Today's episode of The Influence is brought to you by Home Chef. We're all busy balancing too much on our plates. Let Home Chef take a load off by simplifying your dinner, dinner routine. With meals delivered to your door, you get to save time on meal planning, skip the chopping, and go straight to delicious family dinner at an affordable cost. Once you create your Home Chef account and set your meal preferences, you simply select your weekly menus and adjust your delivery dates, skip weeks, or pause whenever you need. And I have to let y'all know that about their new family menu, starting at just $3.77 per meal, these easy four-serving recipes are full of family-friendly flavors that will satisfy your picky eaters. My gosh, and my kids are so picky. They also have lunch too, which is great for those on the go. Y'all know I am not a chef, but Home Chef allows me to make easy, amazing, and healthy dinners for my family. And the best part is all of the meals are so good. I've had Home Chef for about three years and it has been a game changer for me, especially their oven ready meals. For a limited time, new customers can go ahead to homechef.com slash Danny for 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box. 
Again, go to homechef.com slash Danny for 18 free meals. Say goodbye to meal planning, recipe-induced stress, and last-minute grocery store runs, and let Home Chef bring simple, delicious, home-cooked meals right to your kitchen table. One of my favorite kids' brands is Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. The founders are dads who were shocked to learn that in- what ingredients were in most children's vitamins. They spent three years curating top pediatricians, nutritionists, scientists, and parents to formulate a super-powered chewable made with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, while also including a blend of 12 fruits and veggies. The result is Haya, a daily children's vitamin that's supercharged to help fill in the gaps and and always with zero added sugar and zero gummy junk. So you can be confident when your kids are getting the full body nourishment they need to grow into a healthy adult. They now offer a kid's daily multivitamin, a kid's daily probiotic, and a kid's bedtime essential vitamin. I love knowing that when I give these to Stella and Stratton, there aren't those terrible ingredients in there that actually end up doing more harm than good. I'm also a sucker for good packaging, and Haya's brand is super cute and fun for the kiddos. You get these cool bottles plus stickers with your first order, and then they send you eco-friendly refills each month. Of course, I have a code for y'all. Receive 50% off your first order to claim this deal. You must go to HayaHealth.com slash Danny Austin. This deal is not available on the regular website. Go to HayaHealth.com slash Danny Austin and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Just so you know, you spell Haya H-I-Y-A. As we head into winter season, I wanted to remind y'all how important it is to hydrate. The colder the temperature, the more quickly water in the environment evaporates. That's why I have been using my liquid IV packets every day. It's my go-to for hydration since it hydrates two times faster than water alone. I especially use them whenever I travel, like I just take them on the airplane. Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. One stick of Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins with three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks. It comes in 12 refreshing, delicious flavors and three sugar-free flavors, white peach, lemon lime, and green grape. Use the first thing in the morning before a workout, when you feel run down in the afternoon, after a night out with friends, or on a long flight. Grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Danny at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop for better hydration today using promo code Danny at liquidiv.com. Well, well, well. Good ad reads, babe. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little stuffy. I can tell. Um, but I love my voice whenever I'm a little stuffy. I feel like I sound so sexy. Do you feel that because Landon said that comment in his studio about your pitch? That was so rude. I mean, I flow, I fly all the way from Dallas to Nashville to help him with his engagement. And then he tells me that my voice is pitchy. And what did he say? He said it's a... Uh, uh, little nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. He said that I needed to, to speak more from my belly. Yeah. And not so nasally. He called it nasally. <sighs> that guy Rude. And then he, he steals my Stanley. Like, seriously? Gets me going. Let's he talk really, about Madeline Brockway for a second. Oh, this girl's crazy. I, you know what I love about this gal? Well, we don't know if she's crazy. Is she, is that part? I'm sorry. Tell me the story. No, first. she's probably a great girl. No, yeah. no, I'm not crazy. Like, just what, what we're about to is say crazy. is crazy. But what I love about this gal is she's from, she lives in Fort Worth. She's from Fort Worth. Originally from, I think, Miami, but... Oil family? Um, no, she's the um, heir of a Mercedes dealership or something, which... Like A or multiple? I don't know. Very it must be multiple because, like, I was going to say, like, I know a couple of people that own dealerships and, like, they're not having, like, 50, 60 million dollar weddings. Whoa. So there's got to be something That's more the there. That's the T, right? The T is so, she had a $60 million wedding. So it's a Texas Mercedes dealership heiress spent millions of dollars for her Paris wedding. And when I tell you that this wedding was extravagant, I am not joking around. I mean, this wedding was one of the most stunning things I've ever seen in my life. She had Maroon 5 come and perform. She had an event at a Chanel store where all of her guests got to come and like pick out their own Chanel's while they ship or they sip champagne. Um, 
she had like a tour at the Palace of Versailles, which I mean, like we've been there before and it's like, it's not an easy feat to get into this place. So to like have the whole- It's kind of ironic, right? Like that's like the whole Palace of Versailles was where Marie- Marie Antoinette. She, she had said, a Marie Antoinette um, like themed event as, huh. as well. Let is them that, eat cake. Is that, do you think that's her like- twisting the knife no, or is no, that like, like just, the irony of it all i think the irony and the history i think she was probably celebrating history but maybe the extravagance of marie antoinette like more of like the vibes of the right the couture the the opulence but she got she got beheaded yes she got beheaded yeah but i don't think that she's like celebrating marie antoinette i think it's just like history like i know but what i'm saying is like the french revolution was all about the people who do not have attacking the people who do have. Okay, so what are you saying? Like TikTok's creating like another revolution like with this wedding? I'm just saying she's putting herself in the firing lane on that one. No, I think it wasn't like that wasn't the full theme of the wedding. It was just like- Just a little Like aspect, a nod to history. I think it's yeah. a nod to history. It's like, remember the Alamo. Like, you know, if you had a Texas wedding, you could have like an Alamo I wonder section. if she cut her cake and said, let them eat cake. <laughs> she had to have cake. That would be Come so on. good. If she didn't, that's a miss. And she should be calling her wedding planner to say why and you think of this idea and consult Jordan before you play yes. another event, please. Okay. So we're going to, I got this pulled up on TikTok. We're going to watch this Madeline Brockway, uh, wedding video. And to be clear, tell us about her one more time. So to be clear, she's from Fort Worth. She's from Fort Worth. Okay. She's an heiress to a car dealership, a Mercedes car dealership. Huh. She's not active on social media, but then she starts posting the most extravagant wedding that anyone's ever seen. It's built like this cult following on TikTok. Everyone is like, who is Madeline Brockway? Like, how did this all happen? Who are these people? It's yeah. it's giving sketch. Like what's what's really going on? Okay, so let's watch this really quick. This couple's wedding could okay. be the most extravagant. Sorry, already pausing. Royal, it's giving royal wedding. Scale of one to 10, how cute is this guy? You He's a cutie. Honest. He's a cutie. I like him and I love her. We're we talking. What? They look so normal. That's what's so funny too. He's giving finance vibes. No, he. Okay, maybe. Yeah, Keep yeah. going. Okay. Of the century, and it has been going viral over the weekend from a wedding registry that featured a twelve thousand oh five hundred dollar crystal butterfly. House. Wait, a twelve thousand five hundred crystal butterfly house? What does that even mean? <laughs> No one knows. What's well, a crystal butterfly house? That's the point. Do they put butterflies inside and then the butterflies all like in, in, um, in the bridesmaids, you know how the butterflies come out of the yeah. envelopes? Let me ask you this. If you're going to drop $60 million on a wedding, what band are you going to hire? We could be talking Kanye. I'm we having Taylor Swift. Trey. I'm having Taylor Swift. Absolutely. Taylor Swift. Or John Mayer. John Mayer. Guess who she chooses? Maroon 5. Maroon 5. Yeah, they're great to a okay. private Maroon 5 concert for guests and an overnight stay at a palace. The whole okay. internet overnight has been stay at a palace. who is Madeline Brockway. According to social media, Madeline is a 26-year-old regional car dealership. Guys, her okay, outfits very, very are important. regal. She's very important. so beautiful. They said regional car dealership. Yeah. Okay, so we're not talking nationwide. Yeah. We're talking regional it's car dealership. Yeah, it's Mercedes, but like you don't, I mean, that's a $60 million wedding. No, I know. It's from Texas. Although she's a private person, she chose to share a wedding content on her TikTok page and has created she's a cult following. The wedding began with a Marie Antoinette themed bash for her Marie Antoinette. friends. They, they had Marie Antoinette dressed okay, up there. Look at the this, look at this, a skull, <laughs> skull. So she knows that Marie Antoinette got beheaded because of her extravagance and wealth. It's an ode. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that's what I was saying is she's like, are you doing this ironically? Old, it's history, babe. She's, she's, that's where the wedding is. She's celebrating history, not giving an ode to Marie Antoinette. I know, but like in this Just so climate, you know, there's a skull in the flowers and her floral arrangements. Which denotes to me that she knew that Marie Antoinette was beheaded because of her extravagance and wealth. And she's literally saying, ha ha, F you, middle <laughs> finger, $60 million wedding, hey, drop it. I mean, she's obviously, their family's killing it. That's so, I guess so bold. They, I mean, this girl knows, this girl knows that cancel culture's dead, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you. No, but she also knows how to build a cult following. She knows surrounded by the Utah desert. TikTok wedding experts and planners have estimated the wedding cost around 40 to 60, 40 to 60 million. Guys, the flowers are huge floor, floor to ceiling. And the fact that the Brockways covered the guest stay in Paris, as well as the events that fell outside the planned wedding. Guests also had a choice of hotel and Madeline shared style guides. Can someone invite me to an all expenses paid Paris wedding? <laughs> this looks amazing. I guess our invite got lost in the post. 
the word wow. my, my got lost that in the post. That is wild, man. Okay, so this is where things get even sketchier. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? So I did some stalking this morning, and I just Googled her fiance because I'm like, who is this man she's marrying? Right. His name is, um, should I say his name? Doesn't matter. His name's Jacob. I won't say his last name. And um, so it says the headline, North Texas groom in $59 million viral wedding of the century accused of shooting at the police. <gasps> Apparently he's facing up to 25 years in prison, which is one of, it was actually like a plea deal that, um, that they offered because he could be sentenced to life. Wait, wait, pre or post wedding? Uh, this the event happened pre-wedding this happened back in march but it's it's just now like all coming out and i think he's like he's still going through like the sentencing and everything um but apparently for like attempting to fire at uh police officers huh yeah there was like some call that was made in the fort worth area in texas um something was going what something happened and a Apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. This is just what the article says. I'm reading the DallasNews.com that he shot at some officers and yeah. In Terrazante. That's a that's a plot twist I did not expect. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So I guess I'll be keeping up with that. <laughs> Google okay, notifications well, uh, on. Um, but interesting. I mean, I hope that he was innocent because that's really, really not cool. Um, but yeah, the wedding was a stunner. Mm. <laughs> Potentially a going away party. What do you think? Do you feel like that's too much? Do you feel like it's too extravagant? Do you feel like yes, one hundred percent? Okay, here's. But my what if you are like a gazillionaire? No, I know it all gets kind of relative, but like, okay, here's here's why I yeah. think it's wrong. Okay, Charlie Munger died. Okay. Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's partner. Okay. In at Berkshire Hathaway, so one of the richest men in the world. Yeah. Okay? Um, one of his famous quotes said that greed doesn't run the world, envy does. Mm. And, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about social media in the way that it makes you compare yourself to other people. And like, mm. listen, I'm in the industry. I was talking to all the guys about it. I'm in the industry and I still struggle of comparing myself to other people, right? It's so like, I human. know the game and I'm like, okay, I still feel this, right? Yeah, you're only human. So- my whole thing take on this wedding is like you do you but if you were already a private person and now you're putting it out there like if that's the bar like no one's gonna meet it a i think it's a really bad strategy for her personal brand like i think she might (laughs) like coming from this like a yeah i I think she might have some people who are like cool but like for the most part the people who hate her because of her wealth is going to totally outweigh the people who respect her for it does that make sense yeah Second of all, um, I just think it's bad for the world. Like, I think that that type of like extravagance, like that type of flashiness, like is, yes, it's going to get your clicks and your views, but I don't think that like morally or ethically, it's like good for humanity. Whew, how can you beat that? I mean, I mean, if you, if you disagree, yeah, if I disagree, just, I'm a wow. horrible person. <laughs> um, no, it's hard for me. I, uh, cause I don't know these people. So it's like hard for me because I'm like, what if they like never like splurge on anything? And this is like the one thing that they all as like a collective were like, but no, you're probably right. Yeah, it's, I mean, but there's she's, no she's way. She's so private on social media. Like, why hasn't she been flaunting her wealth all along? Why is it just this like one moment? Maybe she was just because she was so excited about it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Here's my like, here's my theory. Okay. Is that I think that when you come from wealth, especially if you're new money, okay? Car dealerships sounds like new money to me, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was like a family business, okay? Yeah, it probably is. So let's just follow my theory. New money. I can't okay? imagine that you have a $60 million wedding with a new money family. Like See, I can't I think imagine. I, I disagree. I think that only new money would have a $60 million wedding. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right, yeah, you're right. You're and, right. and so here's my theory is that new money family, daughters getting married, probably... Google this, fact check me, probably the only daughter. <laughs> I don't okay. Yeah. So dad is like, dad wants to bless <laughs> his daughter. Another one. Like that'll be interesting. Dad wants to bless his daughter, but really it's more about the flash of the parents paying for it than it is anything else. That's my theory. Okay. And, and I get it. Or and- theory B, 
his family's actually the billionaire family. And they're like, we want our son to have the wedding. And so two multi-million dollar families combined forces, Billion dollar split it $30 million dollar each, go yeah. in. Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not going to be quick to judge on this one. I think everybody should do what makes them happy. Maybe they really wanted to like bless their guests and their family. And what With if they're skulls? billionaires? What if they're billionaires? Then this is like a drop in the pan for them. If you think about it. No, I don't think it like $60 million even for a billionaire is not a drop in the pan. Bucket. It's a bucket. It's a drop in the pan. <laughs> it's a drop in the pan. <laughs> like, obviously I'm not going to have a $60 million wedding. I don't know. It's pretty wild conspiracy. Uh, we'll follow up from our sources deep in the Bayou of Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, we'll keep you to posted. learn more about this family. Hmm. Hmm. Last story for today. Uh, we'll skip. We'll just we'll skim over this real fast. You see what I did there? Um, Skims new Skims new nipple bra sold out online. Is this a yay or nay? First of all, just so y'all know Kim Kardashian came out with a nipple bra. Literally, it has little nipples built into it. This is another one of those things where I'm just like. I asked you. I was like, hey, would you wear this? I was like, no, but like I get why people would. It's like LA, New York. It's like LA, New York. It's fashion. It's cool. It's empowering. It's empowering. Free the nip. Free the nip. <laughs> Feminism. <laughs> ladies. Ladies who nipple. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still, I'm so like, when it comes to things like this, I'm like, just do or wear whatever makes you like happy. It's not, yeah. a, it doesn't bother me. Okay, I will be honest. So these bras, let's just get the facts straight. These bras literally poke out your nipples. <laughs> they No, they don't poke out your nipples. They have fake nipples. Okay, I was wondering that because I was like, are these like, like what if you, <laughs> I, like I'm not really like a professional in nipple anatomy, but like what if your nipples don't pop? Like, like No, it's a bra that has a manufactured little nipple so on it. As a female is like the magnum opus of nipples that you want your nipples to pop. Okay. I'm just like asking. Why are you saying pop? Their nipples because don't pop. But yes, pop they pop out. out. Yes. Okay, I'm going to be straight up about this. Nipples that show don't bother me as long as you have cute nipples. You know, it's like one of those things. That's what I'm asking about, yeah. If 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 you have like some nipples and like, it doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't know why. It's not like one of those things that I'm like, yeah, of course they have nipples. Like everybody has nipples. You have nipples too. For some reason, it doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Um. So, but would I ever wear it? No, not personally, um, but I, I get the hype. I think it's like a thing that like girls wear it, want to like wear it to be sexy. It's like their nipple show. Yeah, I mean, my take is like, if you got the nipple bra, I would be concerned. <laughs> okay, let me let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. I never back wear a bra. I never wear a bra. I know you wear those little sticky pads. Sticky pads, yeah. Um, I remember the, Never mind. The first time I felt that, I was like, what is this thing? I'm so confused. I was like, oh my gosh, she doesn't have nipples. <laughs> I was like, I remember uh, we were in college. It was a crazy time. I felt your boob and I was like, oh Babe, no. Don't tell me about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I literally remember that vividly. I never even know that these contraptions existed and it was just like no nipple. And I was like, oh no. I was like, why wouldn't she tell me? Like. <laughs> And so, uh, so anyway, if you were, if you were to wear these in the home, wait, just rewind. Did you find out that night that I did have them, or did I just like? Um, I think I might. That's a really good question. Like, I think, did you, did I leave you thinking that I had no nipples? No, I think I maybe like asked you or something. I was like, oh, like, <laughs> what are those things? Because <laughs> like I had to know. I'm not saying that. <laughs> It was a deal breaker for me, but it was very alarming. <laughs> Just that you <laughs> wouldn't have told me about that. And I'm like, maybe she doesn't know that she's supposed to have nipples oh. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, okay. if you wore the Skims bra in the house, in fact, I think you should get one for in the home. <laughs> but if, if I wouldn't keep my hands off you, but if you wore it outside of the home, I would feel like you're seeking attention. I would be concerned. Like that is just like, um, wow. It's I You're know. everything. The free the nipple movement. I hates. know. I know. I maybe we cut this. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want them on me. I I don't want them on my back. I can't. I can't handle you don't it want right these now. Nipple lovers on your back. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay, let's wrap up with this giveaway. Okay, wait, speaking of bras, it's time for segment three. Take your top off. We're gonna go through this really okay, fast. Okay, I gotta go. I know you gotta go. go, I know you gotta go. Well, instead of doing our top three, let's do our tops. Okay. Um, first of all, so this is a segment where we go over our tops, our favorites. Top airline. Uh, Delta. Why? They're not even based here. <laughs> okay. I just, we I have think- two airlines based I think here. They're, I think they're the nicest people. They have the best like customer support. I yeah. really like their seating arrangements. <laughs> I like their snacks. Like <laughs> They're great. great. I do like them. I like Southwest, obviously. Yeah. Your top clothing brand you've been wearing lately. Abercrombie. Abercrombie for men. Yeah. Wait, wait. Oh, you said Southwest. Yeah. Abercrombie for men is- on fire right now, yeah. fuego. I would say same for me, Abercrombie yeah. for a woman. And then um, also I'm really obsessed with Beyond Yoga, anything Beyond Yoga right now. Your top vacation spot? Cabo, hands down. Yeah. I can um, never take the Cabo out of the boy. No, I would say mine is um, Barcelona. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Well, that was fun hearing about your favorites. Now we're going to wrap up with our Santa Claus giveaway. So we have two winners from last week, Alicia Levis or Levi's. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that. And then Angela Reigns. So congrats. We DM'd you on Instagram. And then this week, again, we're having two winners. It's a $500 value Christmas Christmas wish list. So we're going to fulfill your Christmas wish list up to $500. You guys just send us what you want and we'll ship it right to you. All you have to do is leave a review and answer the question, um, the question box on Spotify. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch up with you guys next week and we'll talk to you later. Bye.